Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We pastors. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. Three, down, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. November 6, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Hope you had a great weekend. It is basketball time in the bluegrass and the rest of the country. The start of the college basketball season Today, I don't even wow. need to because it gets started, I think, at like 11 a.m. with games that actually count on the schedule and on the resume. And we'll have to wait a little longer than 11 a.m. for the Caps. They don't tip off till 8. Eh, not crazy necessarily about that time, but uh, it's not 9. So we can go from there. Welcome in. Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, Monday, November 6. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm doing well this morning. Um, just... Ready, ready to rip and roar for another week. I, I, I hope you all had a good weekend. Um, I, I, I think I did. I think I did. Yeah, my kid was being a menace. Um, also, what the hell? I thought we were over with the moving the clocks thing. I thought, I thought we were done falling back, springing forward. Didn't, didn't we pass a law that said daylight savings times? Done. What's going on? I think the Senate passed it with joint. You know, bipartisan, nobody, everybody was on board with it. And I, I don't think it ever got taken up in the House at all. What the hell? So like, just, well, I, I, come on. I'm, my kids, I cannot, I can't, all it does is piss them off. They just, their bodies, they don't, they don't know how to handle it all. So they just wake up this morning ticked off because they slept in according to their bodies. But actually, no, it's an hour early. So I was, Saturday night, I had finished, uh, I, I like, I'd finished writing my last story around 1 a.m. So I go downstairs and, you know, Arizona locks up another winning wager for me. I turn on something else and then I look down. I'm like, 108? It can't be 108. That's not right. And I I was just, I was was all thrown off because I I thought we got rid of this stupid stuff. But instead, we're we're still changing clocks. Hmm. No, it's it's still here. Absolutely. Everybody 
going to bed last night, or not going to bed, but seeming like it was time to go to bed. But no, it was just 5.30 when the sun was going down. Scooch, how are you? How was your weekend? I, I am good. I caught up. Speaking of daylight savings time, I caught up on a whole lot of sleep this weekend. Holy smokes. You mentioned 5.30, TJ. I think I made it till 7.30 last night, and I was nodding off. I, I might have been in bed by 8 o'clock last night. I know for a fact I did not see the Bengals' bills kick off. So, yeah, I was in bed pretty early this weekend. I got a lot of, lot of sleep to catch up on. I, I think I did it this weekend. But, no, it was a great weekend for me. I had a phenomenal gambling weekend, whether it was college football. My scooter spread selections this weekend were 11-3 and three so far, or I guess 10-3. Wow. So, yeah, everything came up scoots this weekend. It was a, it was a nice weekend. I had a horrible gambling weekend. Got absolutely crushed. That was not fun. I did hit a few horse races. I didn't really spend a lot of time gambling on it, but I I did hit a few horse races. Cody's Wish came through big for us. Worst Breeders' Cup ever. Like, that was the only good thing. It was Cody's Wish and Idiomatic, the other one I told you all about. But uh, it it was the chalkiest Breeders' Cup weekend. Um, like I had friends cash and pick five tickets and like just winning twenty dollars, you know, like when it when when it all came out, how much it cost or how much they won. Um, and then we had a known cheater win in his first year back after a ten year suspension. How do you suspend a guy ten years and then let him actually train horses again? Like just say no, you're dumb because you are a cheater who juices their horses. And then what happens? He comes back and his horse immediately wins. So that sucked. Well, people, you pay the you, you pay you do the time for the crime, and then it's over, right? Yeah, you believe in you, rehabilitation you, of humans. Uh, not of cheaters that juice their horses. If you juice your horses once, you're going to keep juicing your horses. You're going to find new ways to cheat. And uh, Rick Dutro, big time cheater. He's the only one who can juice his horses better than Bob Baffert. I hey. saw, and you fit into this mold. Uh, you, you are I guess to who they were talking about is I saw a lot of people say, you're going to have people complain about this Breeders' Cup. They're not horse racing fans. They're gambling fans. Anybody complaining about the Breeders' Cup doesn't care about the horses. They just care about the gambling. Because they say that it was actually a good Breeders' Cup because the horses, the good horses won. Yeah, um, like that. that's that's not what makes the, the Breeders' Cup. Like, if you told me that about the classic, maybe. But White Barrio, the, the cheater who I referenced, uh, that horse hasn't been good until his juice and trainer came back and gave him the extra good stuff. Um, no, I, I'm I'm all the way. No, that's wasn't White Barrio the favorite though. Uh, second choice, I think Arabian Night was first. But yeah, like I, it, but that's what makes the Breeders' Cup fun is because you have big fields and it creates long shots. And I think we only had one long shot hit and it was no balls. So um, you know, it was kind of cool that Larry Ravelli got that I win. They, I think they're called Phillies. Um, uh, geldings, I think is what oh. you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, so he had one twenty-five to one hit or it was a $25 horse. I, I don't know what its odds were. Um, I guess that would put it around 12 or something like that, but no, that's just, but that's like there. The thing is, uh, I, I've heard somebody talk about backup quarterbacks in the NFL and it's like, no, like every quarterback in the NFL is good. The just reaction time is a little bit faster for the starters. They're a little bit more consistent. They're probably a higher draft choice, so they get more chances. I Every horse in those races is is good. It's just, uh, why do the damn favorites all have to hit? Like, come on, let's mix it up. Let's have a little fun here. And I also did the thing too, uh, TJ, where 
I had I would like handicap and I would write four horses down and then I would pick three for an exacta and then the four horses would come in the top five except some random horse would be in second or something like that. You know, it's just I couldn't I couldn't get it get it right this weekend. That was frustrating. Only had like two winners maybe. Well, uh, you'll get them next time, buddy, and we can pretend to pay attention to horse racing again in uh, April, which is fun. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a lot more fun. But we get to pay attention to college basketball starting today, although I do know there's a – I think a lot of people will check into college basketball once football's over. But for the diehards, it does start today. Uh, I, I use an action, right, Scoots? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we oh. got – I don't, I don't even know who we play, to be honest with you. I was actually mm. in the process of looking it up. Mm. But, yeah, we, we do play. Yeah, I think, everybody, I think everybody's rocking and rolling. Bellerman taking on the fighting Severe Wheelers and Keon Brooks up in Washington. John Spears on the call there. So, all the local teams in action. UL taking on UMBC. They are 11-point favorites. I know a bunch of UL fans. I'm betting UMBC. I'm betting UMBC. Uh, but that spread's probably a, a reasonable number for a reason. So we'll talk more about the basketball as the show goes on. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Text on in. We'll do our best to read it on air and become a Refresher Rewards member at Thornton's. You'll save time and money at the pump, and you'll get discounts inside the store, which is always a good time. While I'm very excited for basketball, Roush, I'm probably more excited for the winning weekend that was thanks to my football teams. Woo! Green Bay and UK bypassing the month of October saying, eh, I'm not so sure we want to win in that month. Okay, whatever. Not fun for a sports fan like myself. But both of them took care of business this weekend. You're all Steelers took care of business on Thursday. Scoots Indiana football Hoosiers took care of business over wow. the weekend. He called that one as well. Winning weekend for the boys. Winning weekend for the boys. By the way, Winning. Indiana the basketball boys. does not play tomorrow. Oh, they play wow. with a P. No, to- with a W. No, they play tomorrow. They play Florida Gulf Coast. Oh, I think you said. So that. that stinks. Opening day of college basketball, and I don't even get in on the action. Boo. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. For no IU. kidding. It's also just that, that's perfectly IU. Like, <laughs> all right, we're gonna. Uh, big day for college basketball. Is Indiana involved? No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, course so not. it was uh, it was great. Green Bay still stinks, but at least they. Man, won. that was I. I didn't watch a ton of NFL yesterday, but anytime that game came up on red zone, I was like, this is just gross. Ugh, this is a, it was a, gr- a lot of backup quarterbacks playing yesterday. A lot of backups. Yeah, the NFL has a quarterback problem for sure. They're just they're not nearly good enough quarterbacks throughout the league. Uh, and it makes for less fun football. Yeah, Green Bay, their offense is still just absolutely terrible. But I do think they've legitimately got a good defense. And we get the the Big X Bowl on Sunday. Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Seeing if maybe they can keep their winning ways continuing. But we'll, we'll have fun with that one as the week goes on. But more importantly than the Packers, more importantly than the Steelers, hell of a lot more important than the Indiana Hoosiers. Kentucky football goes down to Starkville, Nick Roush, and they dominate. The game was over at halftime, probably over before halftime, really. Defense was on the money. They had Mm -hmm. one bad series, maybe two series that you wish they would have gotten off the field a little bit sooner. Besides that, though, just absolute domination. Mississippi State's offense, speaking of bad offenses, they were terrible. 
So and, bad. Uh, UK gets their first win in Starkville in a very, very long time. Mark Stoops gets his first SEC West Road win in his last opportunity to do so. So that was nice. Does seem like the Cats back on track a little bit. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about a few different things that we wish had gone differently, things that obviously were great. And we turn our attention to Alabama. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. A little football program in Tuscaloosa. They've been doing things uh, the right way for, for a bit. So that's on the line for UK. But most importantly, just had to absolutely find a way to get a win. They are bowl eligible now, Roush, which is good news for UK. And we can sort of exhale for a moment. Exhale. <sighs> yeah, eight straight years. Uh, eight straight beers of postseason football for the Kentucky Wildcats. And I know that, like, every year that becomes less and less meaningful. But I still just, oh, okay. Uh, Kentucky's been to 23 of these all time. And eight of them happened under Mark Stoops. It, he's accounted for a third of all of Kentucky's postseason football. I know it's different now than it was back in the day, but it still is just, whew, okay. All right. We're, we've at least crossed this bare minimum threshold, and uh, the Cats did it against a not very good football team. You know, if, if you think it's – if you, if you don't think it's a big deal, Kentucky essentially just ended Mississippi State's 13-year bowl streak. They had one of the longer ones in college football. Uh, Southern Miss is on the schedule, Ole Miss, and one other team that's pretty good if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I'm, I'm actually, it might be LSU. No, they already lost LSU. I can't think of the, the other team they played, but they had to beat Southern Miss, who wouldn't be an easy in-state foe for a G5 team, and then uh, win another SEC West game to preserve at, that streak. At A&M. At A&M, Southern Miss, the Egg Bowl to finish the year for the Yeah, Bulldogs. that's – and does that team look like they're capable of winning two of those games? Uh, does that team look like they're capable of scoring a touchdown? They, they that offense was rough. Um, but you know what? Like, I, I mean, the Kentucky's defense did what they were supposed to. You know, they seven three and outs. Uh, four of those drives had two yards or less. So it was like they either went backwards or they went nowhere at all, or only two yards. So Kentucky did what they were supposed to. They had the one long aggravating drive where the tackling was an issue and. TJ, I I have – I don't want to sound harsh when I say this, but I have just ultimately reached the conclusion that, like, I'm giving Brad White a pass on some of this because some of the missed tackles in open space, it's like the guys that are are playing, if you look at the recruiting rankings, it's a bunch of, like, mid-three-star guys. They aren't – they kind of are who they are. Um, It doesn't mean it's any less frustrating, but it's like, dude, how do you – Hey, how do you miss that tackle? Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, you you aren't that great, maybe. I don't know. I, that, that part was a little bit frustrating. That 20-play drive to go down, is it was laughable that it's they had the ball for a quarter and only got three points out of it. And I think that really took the air out of the balloon. I did have – I don't know about you. It was a little bit of worry that the offense didn't do anything to respond. But as soon as DJ had that pick six, I knew their goose was cooked. Hey, it was just – Game over from that point. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more offense than what we got. Um, they, they did have a nice four-minute drill there before half, but uh, you know some of that might be out of circumstance on having Devin Leary around. But all in all, the defense did what it was supposed to do, and I, I'm not going to complain too much about a 21-point win at Mississippi State, a place Kentucky hadn't won 
since I was getting my driver's license. In the post-game press conference, CJ, the players, somebody asked about the bowl streak. And they were like, yeah, this started when I was seven. They're like, wait, what? And then Slack said to correct him. Like, that was that was at Mississippi State. That hadn't happened since 2000. Mm. And they're like, oh, and, it, it, you know, everybody had a good laugh. DJX, I was five. <laughs> so, um, a lot of people, not very old the last time Kentucky won at Mississippi State. So, I can't take it too much for granted, even though uh, this team is, is not a very good Mississippi State football team. No, they're bad. And and to your credit, to the talking heads nationally, they all basically said, like, hey, this Mississippi State team stinks. They've got injuries. We don't really know who their quarterback's going to be. doesn't really matter who it's probably going to be. This team's not very good. Kentucky should just take care of business. And that's exactly what UK did. You're right. We're going to be nitpicky, and we're going to you – know, we'll touch on this or we'll touch on that from the game on Saturday. But at the end of the day – it was a 21-point road SEC win, even if that's against the worst team in the league, which very well, Mississippi State maybe is worse than Vanderbilt mm-hmm. uh, in the conversation. But it's it's you, you should take care of business. It's what Kentucky did. They didn't allow a touchdown. Uh, they had nine drives defensively, or I guess you could say Mississippi State had nine offensive drives that were five plays or fewer. Nine out of, I think, 12. Yeah, that's pretty that, good. That's insane. I mean, that really is insane. And most of those were three and outs. Or there's two one-play drives, which was one just the end of the game, and then the other one was the pick. There was a bunch of just three and outs, and then they have like one five-play drive, which means they moved the chains once, and that was pretty much the extent of that. Uh, That's I mean, that's unbelievable. You're winning every single football game if you're having stats similar to that. Unfortunately for UK, you don't get to go against Mississippi State's offense every every week but it was a complete and total dominating defensive performance everybody knew that game was over at halftime if you you probably got the scent of it after the pick six that like okay mississippi state's not going to probably be able to do enough to to get to 14 points but roush is right the the two minute drill right there before the half looked like a competent offense from uk that put it at 21 to three and you knew at halftime that it was it was over now, I do wish they would have taken the opportunity in the second half, Roush, just to work on more things, like look better offensively, try some stuff. Of course, you have the Devin Leary injury, which we'll talk about here momentarily. But offensively, I agree with you. You could have shown more. However, you, you, those two scoring drives or the two touchdown drives, they look good. Like That looked like good offense there for those drives, uh, but just somewhat similar story for UK. Sometimes the good offensive drives a little too few and far between yeah. that we like, but well, and things what, I'm I'm not I'm not sweating Saturday. That was a, a good win. You'll feel a little bit different too if they just even review the Dane Key touchdown that wasn't ruled a touchdown. I mean, yeah, what's that, the point of having a replay official if you're not going to just even replay it for a second? Because, well, I think that ultimately the call would have stood. I mean, at least review it, right? Um, because we, we saw it a couple times yesterday with guys surviving the ground without the ball moving. Because uh, otherwise, that would have been an outstanding play. And 28 to 3 just looks a lot better than 24 to 3. It just does. Um, either, I, I Just chatting with Luckett after the game, he's like, man, this is the most stoops ball out ever. Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's never in doubt, but you're still just wanting a little bit more offensively. Uh, I know. I thought there was. It was funny. Some people 
on uh, our our live thread. We were like, why would you go for it on fourth down and, and and give them a chance to to come back there in midfield with your backup quarterback? Just just get rid of it. I'm like, man, it is. There's eight minutes left in the game. This is probably the last meaningful possession the offense is going to have. You just play football. Just play. And they didn't get the first down. Kai Sharon did not look great in uh, while coming off the bench. And really, I, I think where a lot of the passing game struggles uh, originate from is just the 3-3-5 really gives Kentucky's front fits when it comes to pass protection. They had some good fits early on um, in – you know, you know, Leary was able to hit Tavion for that one deep ball uh, to get Kentucky in scoring range on that first drive. So, um, but I, I, I think a lot of it had to do with that defense really gives uh, Cohen's group some some fits when it, when it comes to pass protection, opening up running lanes um, from time to time. Although we did see Ray get rolling there in that drive right before half, but for the longest time it was like, hey, can we just can we get Zach Arnett? Can somebody hire him to go somewhere else? I'm tired of this 3-3-5 Mississippi State. And it turns out the way we're going to get rid of him is by promoting him to head coach and then getting him fired because uh, things are very bleak. The, the the Mississippi State fan base is – they're ready to pull the trigger on that guy and get his ass out of there. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with him staying as long as, as he would like. Um, although, who knows when we'll see the Bulldogs again, Roush. Yeah, I don't. In Starkville, at least. They aren't on the schedule next year, correct? So. Um, no, it's Ole Miss. Like, the yeah. UK schedule ends up being, like, pretty comparable to a normal schedule, except I think, like, Ole Miss is, replaces Mississippi State, and your other SEC West is Texas, Texas. which yeah. is which is a tough one. But, you know, it's the SEC. New, it's the new era of the SEC. It's going to be pretty difficult. I – think you're being tough on Kaya Sher and I, I don't know if he was good or bad because we didn't really get to see. I, I No, that's fair. That's fair. But I yeah. I mean You're up twenty four like one of the completions he had, quote unquote. It was a pop pass to Barry on Brown where the Mississippi loss. Yeah, the dude just like sent him uh to Ponatalk as as Cole Kubik said. Yeah, that's uh I remember I remember that. I don't know. I, I was a little dis like I Buddy came over, weather so awesome Saturday night. Even at halftime, we just ran up to the store and got, like, cigars. Not like a victory cigar thing, but kind of like a victory cigar thing. We just were in the mood for a cigar. The weather was nice. We had a little fire outside. Cats were rocking and rolling. It was kind of one of those games. And along those same lines, kind of one of those games, why not let Kaya, why not let Kaya put his hair down? Like, if Devin were – if this injury were serious and it's a poked eye, Correct. No, that's no. No, yeah. it's not a poked eye. No, that's no. what Stoop said. No, he said his vision was blurry, couldn't see with his eye, which, yeah, which is you would insinuate an eye injury. You would insinuate that, or it's a concussion. He couldn't see because if you go back on replay, I don't think there's any hands in his face. I think he's well, just his head it... hits the ground. In in the in the play of a football game, you know, a lot it could have been earlier than that. I mean, you you don't know for sure. Okay, so you, you think it's a concussion? I, I'm worried that it is. Yeah. Uh, well, people can come back from concussions. Back in the good yeah. old days, you just rub dirt on their head and put them back yeah. out there. Right. Exactly. Uh, you dirt on your head. And you're right. He could like a lot of people. They do concussion. They pass protocol five days later. You know. So he could be back. But yeah, he couldn't. 
His vision was blurry. He couldn't read the plays. That's why his vision was blurry is because his brains were scrambled X. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that. That's why, like, when they said his vision was blurry, I think it was a lot insinuating that. And I try to go back and see, like, well, did he get a hand in his face? I mean, I saw his head hit the ground. I don't. I don't know if I saw any hands in his face mask uh, on those plays. But either way, that that's. It's not great. Um, no, if it's no. the if it's the head hitting that that means it's much more likely that it is going to be a misses a week sort of deal. Um, but yeah, the the vision was blurry. That they, they at least said that was why like he couldn't read the plays, and that's why he um, it was slow. And I totally, but also I, I totally like misinterpreted all of that as like a literal eye injury, not like well, I did too initially, and then you read it, and they don't say that he got poked in the eye. Like no, now say you're saying he... all this. It's like it, oh, no doy. Okay, that makes more sense. That like uh, his vision was blurry and he couldn't read the plays. It was like, oh, poor guy, eyes hurting. No, it's because he's got a concussion. Well, that's not well, good. It's not and good. also, like, I don't know how that if your head got hit and you can't see well. Like, did they not like check him out on the sideline and like do the like he like ran out and then they try to get Kaya in, but things were moving too slow. They call a timeout. Well, then Leary comes back in on a third down, and I don't believe – like, I think he they ran a play, and he didn't get it the first down, and they punt. But then Leary's day was done after that. It's like, well, if he, if he couldn't re- – like, how, how did he get back in? Uh, so, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, they, they got a delay of game. So, Leary gets sacked. They get a delay of game. And then on that third and 22, they just handed it off at the 50-yard line which I thought was so dumb. Again, I get it. You're up 24-3 to three at that point. It's the third quarter, but you know the game's pretty much over. But, yeah, you have a third and 22, and you're basically at midfield. Why not take a shot? Why not try to get 15 yards and get in theoretical field goal range instead of just punting, which is what they did with a handoff to Ramon Jefferson? Uh, but also, at that point, makes more sense, Roush. Leary was probably hurt. They probably felt like they had no other choice but to just hand it off and punt the ball away. Right. But I, I was like, in that time, I was like, Why? this is the thing about Stoop sometimes that rubs me the wrong way. You have a third and 22, and you're at midfield, or I think maybe at the 45 or whatever. Like, try to get in field goal range. That, that you know, it doesn't matter in this game, but you could play in South Carolina or Louisville – you, you may need those three points, or you may need the opportunity to be able to pick up a third down and long. But it makes a little bit more sense that Leary was was banged up. Um, well, that's going to be something to monitor all week. The Alabama game, obviously, tough enough as is. But if, you, if you've got one of the backup quarterbacks back there, it will – Yeah. Kentucky won't score over ten points. Yeah. Uh, the, I think you're going to need more than ten to probably win. Yeah, they look pretty good this weekend. Milro had what four touchdowns? Uh, yeah, it just means they're due for an emotional letdown. Got all fired up for that LSU game. You had Miss uh, Miss Terry Saban in the crowd singing, singing all their songs, having fun, Dixieland delight. Boom! Now, now they they slip up. They're not ready for the cats. Yeah. Meow. All right. So, what's your gut? Devin Leary play Saturday? Yes or no? Yes or no? No or yes? Uh. I'm not optimistic now, but I, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say yes because uh, I don't know. Like, if, you, if you thought it wasn't that bad, I don't. I don't know. Let's hope it's yes. Let's just yeah. It was like not, I do think they. I do think they took him to the tent momentarily, but then like the rest of the game was mostly just like him looking sad on the sidelines. 
Yeah, he had a towel over his head. That that's the part that you know. Was the why, wouldn't you out, why wouldn't you get him out of there? I, you know, maybe it was a mild one. Like, and he was just like, "I'll stay on the sidelines, put the towel over my head, I'll be fine." Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I do know though that it was seemingly it, he was playing with fire, and that how he kept evading the rush and making awesome plays downfield. That was Kentucky's primary offense there for a while. Was him just ad libbing and then finding somebody open and making a big play out of it. It was a lot of fun until somebody finally got him. And um, hopefully they didn't get him good enough to where he's going to have to miss a week because we saw Kentucky's offense with a backup in last year against South Carolina. Um, I think this Alabama team's a little bit better than Shane Beamer's South Carolina Gamecocks. Well, you can't just say South Carolina because we had the great sample size in the Music Bowl with a backup quarterback, and that went really well. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, the Iowa defense was – Pretty, 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 pretty good. Which wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if Destin Wade got the start and his only starts are Iowa's number one defense in Alabama? <laughs> he goes down statistically as the worst UK quarterback of all time. Just like running right into those buzz saws head first. No, no, that that wouldn't be good. Uh, but it does bring up the stupid hypothetical that it seems like we have like every – I feel like we did this with Levis with Georgia like last year or two years ago or something where he was banged up. I don't know. I feel like we've had this conversation before where it's like, okay, do you just swallow the L against Alabama and make sure Leary's 1,000% healthy for <laughs> South Carolina and L? Or like how do you – do you really want him out there if he's not 100%? Well, if it's truly a concussion, you know, at some point you got to. You're pull either the good or you're not. Yeah, at yeah. some point you got to like, pull the band aid off and go play football again. And yes, you're be just like Rogers experienced about a decade ago. Like concussions can kind of come in waves, or you can go a decade without getting one. It can just be the randomness of, of a hit uh, or the way your head bounces yeah, off the turf. Yeah. You, know, you never really can plan for him. If he's good to go, cats need him to go out there. We don't. Well, it's senior day. You know, you want this game to be. You want it in the second half to feel like you've got a chance to win. You just don't want it to be a stone-cold blowout. Without Devin Leary, it'll be a stone-cold blowout. Which, having SEC Nation comes come into town, you're like, what, really, guys? You're, really? You're coming? And welcome. Welcome back, baby. Happy to have Tebow and the gang there. Speaking of stone-cold blowouts, we got stone-cold scoots over there. That's right. I've got – I still get – I get I still get people asking about why you shaved your head. Does he look good? What are people saying about it? I'm like, he does look good. He did it for a Halloween costume. Although some people are wondering, like, were you wanting to do this anyways? And you just had the Halloween as an excuse? I mean, it kind of was the perfect storm this year. I, I've always wondered what my head looked like bald, and I've always wanted to be stone cold, at least for – 20, 25 years now I've wanted to be stone cold for Halloween. So it was, it kind of seemed like the perfect time. And, you know, I was actually thinking this weekend about how it all came to fruition. And I think it all started like two or three months ago when I got a haircut and I asked my haircut lady how she thought I would look bald. And she was like, oh, your head's great shape. I don't, I don't think it'd be any problem. And then when I went home from that haircut, I called one of my buddies and got his thoughts on it and he's bald and he was all for it. So yeah, I think that's really where it came from, but it, it was a perfect storm to make it happen. I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it for a second. Oh, you look awesome. I, I tell people legitimately, like, I think he looks pretty yeah, good with a I bald head. Um, I do think maybe you wasted the costume on an intimate poker gathering instead of, like, an actual 
big time Halloween party costume contest. I mean, I don't, won. I don't go to Halloween parties. I don't get invited to those. All right. Or the ones I do, they're always on Friday where I have to work, you know? No, you get invited to at least one every year and you never have once gone to it. That's because it's been, your face. That's because it's been on a, shown up to one before. It's because uh, it's been on a Friday every freaking year. You are, Mike Rutherford is to the Christmas party what <laughs> you are to the Halloween That's party. That's not fair. That's you all remember not those fair. questions on like work uh, in school in like fifth grade? You'd have to like do the comparisons like that. What are they called? <laughs> Venn diagram. It's, it's not a Venn diagram. Well, that's <laughs> that is a thing. But um, yeah. Well, anyway, Scoot, you, you look great. Glad you had a good weekend. Maybe we'll talk about your Hoosiers big win. No, we don't need to do that. It was a pretty boring. Yeah, we don't. It was a pretty yeah. boring game, all things considered. But I, well, I it was Big could, Ten. It was Big Ten football. Could not believe that they got it done. That was wild. We do not beat yep. much like Kentucky doesn't beat Mississippi State. Indiana does not beat Wisconsin. Get that corn cob to call back into the Tim Allen show. <laughs> Tom Allen. Oh, but he could could just call back into the Tim Allen show. That'd probably be a good time as well. Good, yeah. Need need to take our first break. It's a fun winning Monday. Scoots, you can take your We Suck Again clip and stick it where the sun does. Yeah, not playing it today. We don't need it this weekend. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the best freaking team in all the land. Woohoo! Oh, 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 look at that. Welcome back in Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio, 96-1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Roush, Scooter Magooder, the sports talker, TJ Walker, hanging out with you on uh, Monday. It's going to be warm today. It's going to be real nice, Clark. Hell real yeah. nice. Hell and you know yeah. what's nice on a real Where? nice day is some tacos from Salsaritas. Always just makes me feel great. Makes me feel good. Going back to work on a Monday after a full and long weekend, it can stink, but hey, make it better with Salsa Readers. Either one of their two locations, they've got the freshest ingredients, the tastiest sauces, holy guacamole, they've got it all at Salsa Readers. Check out either one of their two locations. they got one in St. Matthews and Hubbard's Lane, one in Middletown. Dale, all the day before you go, get some Salsa Readers bucks too. Salsa Readers, it's deliciously different. We love them. It's, it is. It is. Uh, it's different in the sense that quality service every single time, Roush. Uh, you don't get that consistency or reliability at other places, unless it's Kentucky Roll Call or Salsaritas. Hey, St. X Trinity game on Friday. Perfect to get some Salsaritas catering for that ooh. one. One of the rare cases that it's on campus. Where are they playing it at? Trinity. Ooh. I'm pretty sure Spears yeah. has to miss the broadcast, too, which sucks. Because Bellerman's playing? Yeah. So who's doing the broadcast? Uh, Tony Burke's going to do play-by-play, and then I guess they have a Sanex student that's going to join him for color. If only there was a Sanex graduate that's got a little resume in broadcasting. No kidding. Hmm. I can think of somebody. Hmm. Yeah. When are they, they going to hand the torch over to Scoots and Walker? <laughs> I pitched that idea to him last week. 
you can be an honorary St. X man, Scoots. <laughs> I'd be That's awesome Spears is calling the Bellarmine games. I honestly think like the, I think this this phrase gets thrown around too much, but I honestly think that like that would probably be my realistic dream job. Doing Bellarmine basketball play by play. You're living in the city. You're not having to like, you know, be a butt slapper for U of L and you're getting to call D one basketball games. Like what? Be pretty sweet. So good for good for Spears. I'm very, very in all honesty, I'm very happy for him. It's well earned and deserved. He's gonna do an awesome job with it and just uh really excited for him. Sucks for Seattle. me though. He's in Seattle right now. Why does it suck for you? Because he's gonna have to miss all kinds of shows. Like I think the only show he's doing this week is maybe Wednesday. Uh, well, uh, the real, I'm not sure if anybody's checked out the real estate market lately. So I will fill in for Spears for monetary, you know, like pay me and I'll do his shows. This could all work out well for everybody. <laughs> TJ yeah. wanting more money, Spears having an opening. Uh, I, you know, who do I need to talk to to make this happen? Scooch, I thought you were running the place. I, I think you got to talk to boss man. I am I running. I am running the place, but I'm not boss man. I thought you were boss man. Oh, okay. Wait, we don't get our paychecks from your wallet? No, sir. <laughs> what have we... these shakedowns been all about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we said if you text in in the first segment, we're going to read it, and we're going to try to stick to that. A texter says, I'm placing a bet against Louisville for every basketball game this season, and I think it will be a winning philosophy for myself anyways. Are we talking spreads or money lines? Uh, sp- I think they're talking spreads. No, nah, money line. Going... What scoot? I was just gonna say, I say you money line everyone. But then, like you're you're got you know the money line for Duke minus two thousand is gonna pay two dollars. You know, so I don't. Well, if there's no value, maybe you go with the spread. But like I say, the all these small games, the UMBCs, the Chattanoogas of the world, yeah, just money line money lines, yeah. Yeah, you probably only need, like, a couple upsets exactly. to be profitable in that. Yeah, I agree with you there, Scoot. So, UMBC's plus 350 tonight. So plus 350. That, that's a lot yeah. of money. So, if you hit that one, that would cover, let's say you bet $100 on that one. That would cover two money line losses for you. Correct. So, yeah, you just need two them half, to. technically, you, yeah. You need them to, like, lose one out of every three crappy game. And you would come out ahead, which very feasible, I would think. Maybe they lose two out of every three crappy games. They're not a very good basketball team. Uh, I do think they win tonight, but we've got more time to talk about that as the show goes on. Uh, Kentucky, good, they're, they're they're seventeen and a half point favorites tonight. Okay, so all at eighteen. Money coming in on New Mexico State. Uh, totals one forty one and a half. Kind of like the over there. Yeah, I like the over there as well. Uh, I, that's the play. Yeah. But that line, I think UK should cover it, and I think they will cover it if I had to guess. But who knows? You know, what if what if it's buffer zone? Kentucky's up 21-22 most of the game, and then they yeah. put in the, the scrubs and right, right there. Right. It's six. I do like that total, though, because you got to think, like, UK hopefully scoring close to the 90s, right? I would think so. Well, in, well into the 80s. And then defensively, you got to imagine they're probably a little further behind just with being a younger group. Mm-hmm. Not having a rim protector either. 
Yeah, I'm betting it, Roush. I'm betting it big time. Woohoo! Yeah, betting college basketball. Weird, we can do that now instead of having to drive over to Indiana with like 12 hours' notice. Whenever I get an appraisal in Indiana, I do like I have this. I know it's not that old, but it's like uh, I get this. Uh, TJ, you're in Indiana. Make your bets. Make your bets. Make your bets. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, you don't have to anymore. I uh, I I did have a major issue with FanDuel this weekend. I um, uh, they do the thing where you have to separate your bets placed by state. And I didn't realize oh, that until it's very annoying. I didn't realize that until Saturday, and I'm looking for my KRC parlay because I always parlay my three picks together. It was looking good, and I'm like, "Where the heck is my bet?" I'm freaking out. It was a, it was a nice bet. It was gonna pay real nice. Can't find it anywhere. And then I see up top where it says bets placed in Indiana, and I just had to click on it for bets placed in Kentucky to find it. But I was freaking out for a minute. I thought you were going to say that. So you doubled down and you doubled your money. Up, oh, I should have. Uh, I should have. Which would have been real nice. You had the the fact that that military under got home when it was <laughs> the total was what like thirty one, thirty one and, and a half. It was there was twenty six combined points at halftime. So one <laughs> touchdown and you're cooked. And they didn't. Nobody scored in the second half. <laughs> was awesome. I've never That's watched. Incredible. I've never watched so much of a military game in my life. <laughs> oh man, and army. They were 18-point underdogs, and they won 23-6. to 23-6. to six. Incredible, awesome. Scoots. Incredible Sometimes stuff. Sometimes I'll do – it's like gambling 101, you're not supposed to do it. It's just chasing, and it's being on tilt a little bit. But, like, I'll do, you know, three heavy favorite money line parlays. I've talked about it on the show before. I nearly threw Air Force in, like, just one of those garbage bets where it's like they're not going to lose. They're such heavy – like, Army's so bad, they can hardly even score three points. They're not going to win. Very glad I didn't. Um, yeah. That would have just been rivalries, man. Disaster. Yeah, Roush, and I know it doesn't do anything for anybody, but I had one of those weeks where it's like you select eight, nine games that you like, but then for our show, you got to narrow it down to three. Oh, it's I'm so bad at that right now. It's just, it was like with a horse thing where I'm like, I, I feel like these horses are good. I put the wrong ones in there. I, I mean, I, I think the only bets I lost were the ones I shared on the shows that I've been on last week it's so bad it's pathetic i look like an idiot and i'm i'm over here cashing tickets like i it's the worst you nailed your lock though you were all over the cats dominating mississippi state you got that uh florida gosh they stink i mean think about this think about this florida lost at home to arkansas arkansas lost at home to this mississippi state team that may be one of the worst sec teams i've seen in a long while what the hell the uh the, the 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 significance of that loss too to do it at home. Arkansas had never won at the swamp. Billy Napier's probably gonna go five and seven for the second straight year. Or he was Ooh. six and six last year. And then he's gonna dip back to five and seven. That is the I mean, pretty much when when Kentucky beat them afterwards, they like the people talking around the program, it was just like if you just get to six and six you can salvage this recruiting class. Winning at South Carolina went a long way to make that happen. I, I guess I think they have Miami left on the schedule too. Or I need to pull it up really quickly. But like, it's going to be really hard for them to to finish the year and go bowling. Which brings me back to that point I made earlier. Like, so yeah, they go at LSU, at Missouri, Florida State at home. Like, mm. yeah. So, so he's is, he's gone. Is he a corpse? I, that I don't know because they, they made that buyout so significant. Like a lot of it's just like 
He's just living on a prayer that DJ Lagway and this recruiting class don't go anywhere. And then they have to come in and play right away if he can. So, but either way, it's like, I, I know, I, I know things aren't as great as we'd like them to be up here, but like, man, sometimes being, being mediocre is, is being, being average in the SEC, there's much worse places to be. So, uh, Kentucky's playing that average game. Maybe they do something crazy in these last three, and then you, you, you think differently of them, but I will, I will say I got to give. I haven't done a lot of that on here because I, I don't want people to think that I'm some sort of Louisville butt slapper. But this was the weekend where I'm officially like, damn it, Louisville's good. I know Virginia Tech stinks and the ACC. All the teams they play stink, but Jeff used to lay so many duds. Like I, I, I might be a little bit harsh and over the top there, but that was kind of his mo was like, let's lose to like Minnesota or something. But, hell, they even figured out how to run the football. Uh, Louisville is, I mean, that's twice where they're at home, they're a favorite, and they took care of business, and it wasn't even really close. They did it against Duke, who's uh, at least has a good defense, terrible offense, and then against a bad Virginia Tech team. So maybe that's part of it is that they can just do – they can bully these teams on the ground because they stink. But it is – I'm officially impressed because I do think now – I mean, they just don't have to blow it against Virginia, and they're in the ACC championship game. So it's a pretty, pretty incredible turnaround. I'm not not to say that I'm like conceding against a Kentucky game whatsoever, but th- that the fact that they can run the football effectively and they don't have to make like that's how you beat Louisville, right? You make Jack Plummer throw the football. Teams can't make them do that. They haven't been able to do that. So I that that's this game at the end of the year. Whereas I thought. It was going to be another kind of Scott Satterfield special, TJ, where they had a little bit of fool's gold, and then they play a real team, and Kentucky just bullies them to Bolivia. I, I do think Louisville's going to actually be able to put up a good fight, and that, that's going to be a intense game to end the season. Uh, don't call me Papa John's. Yeah, I, 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 I still think UK's winning. I still think UK's the better team. Now, if Devin Leary were to be out or something, obviously, that would just totally change everything. But it, it will be a close game. Um, I, I think that you could see UK just cap off a rough season by wanting to beat up. Like, I, I think that game's going to mean a lot to Stoops. I think it always means a lot to Stoops. I think it's going to mean a lot to him. Um, and I, I think Kentucky still is the more talented team. That being said, UK's got to figure out how to stop the run a little bit better and maybe a step in the right direction in that Mississippi State game. But, yeah. like, Jordan is the real deal. Like, he is a yeah, really, really good, good football yeah. player. We'll see. And even the – Mercondo? Who's their second guy? He had a big touchdown called back. It's not Dee Mercado. Dee Mercado is the pro. Arendo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I got Dee Mercado and Arendo mixed up. Uh, no, they they've got a I mean yeah. they've got a, a good rushing attack. That Thrash who was out on Saturday, uh, he's a legitimately good wide receiver. That's going to be a trouble for UK secondary. I think Plummer is somebody that will, could make a lot of mistakes. Although they'll get him, they'll really get in his head that like that's how UK tries to get you. You forcing some balls. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, Brom's no dummy. He'll have a good idea of how to attack this UK defense. But UK has totally owned U of L as of late. Uh, Isaiah Corindo is the Corindo, yeah, yeah, Corindo. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're all over it. All over it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jawar Jordan's averaging seven point one yards per carry. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. 
But UofL, we knew it. They had a terrible, 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 terrible ACC schedule, and they're taking yeah. advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, but they did lose to a one-loss pit team that is a bad football team, and it's probably easier, Roush, to not have slip-up games in the ACC than it is the Big Ten. You That's know, true. That's um, true. Just The ACC is not a good conference. I think Florida State's a solid team. Hour one is done. Hour two coming be- up next. We've got more text. We've got basketball previews, talking more football. It's a jam-packed Monday. Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big X for Roll Call. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports. Okay. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, and streaming on the TuneIn, which I've basically just moved all my radio shows to the TuneIn. Uh, I don't use other streaming apps at all, just the TuneIn app. And you can listen to Big X all day on the TuneIn or listen to all Big X programming wherever you get your podcasts. Search Kentucky Roll Call for our podcast. If you want another podcast, they're all under the Big X umbrella. Spears and – is Spears doing his show today, Scoots? I do not believe so, no. Needs to do it. He can become like the Big Bellerman I, show I, in town. I really think – Stinking more and more, you know. There's I really think Wednesday is his only show this week, which yeah. makes well, me so sad. If, if he's out of town too, does he know that he can just hop on? This no, and do yeah, it? no, and that's what he's that's what he plans on doing on Wednesday. He's got the Comrex set up, so he'll just ping in here to the station and do his show that way. But he doesn't need the Comrex; he just needs a laptop. Right. I don't know if he has a laptop. He's an old man. He is an old man. <laughs> He is, but he does a great radio show, normally noon to one here on Big X Sports Radio, part of the local programming with Matt Dennison and Mike Rutherford, Trevor Kelsey, and then the Kentucky Roll Call crew, 7 to 11 here on Big X is KRC with the replay of the show coming on right after we get off the air. Keep the text coming in, 502-414-1450. Uh, didn't read all of the seven, the first segment texters, so I'll keep trucking along here with that but we do have plenty more to get to on today's radio show john here good morning cats fans by gosh after a great weekend monday is still just as good because i hear krc come on this morning well thanks john well look at those football cats go i hope they can keep it going that was a great victory hey boys it's game day for the basketball cats i'm so excited justin edwards will be mvp and the cats will win by 20 plus big ones well y'all have a great monday i'll talk to you later we'll give our predictions a little later on john but it's going to be – I think it always kind of is with John Calipari teams, but picking MVPs this season going to be challenging. I guess yeah. I guess the Oscar years made it a little bit easier. Like when right, we do our right. little MVP game, it would be like, okay, I guess I'll just take the guy that's a sure thing, double-double. <laughs> we, we almost had to start grading on a curve mm-hmm. there. But it'll be more complicated. Like would anybody be shocked if Justin Edwards is the best player tonight? Not at all. If it's – DJ Wagner, that wouldn't surprise anybody. If it's Antonio Reeves, he's one of the leading returning scorers in the conference. That wouldn't shock anybody. And then with the way Dillingham has looked, especially in those exhibition games, it could be him. 
Uh, we know Reed Shepard's a good basketball player. Trey Mitchell is going to probably lead the team in rebounding or should. And then we haven't even mentioned the Duthie Arrow, and people are super optimistic about him. So it really could be anybody any given night. Uh, it's going to make for a fun season, I think. And maybe a little bit of some growing pains because you won't really know who the guy is, Roush. Two minutes left in the game. Who does UK go through? Who do they try to feed? Who tries to, to initiate things? You'll figure that stuff out in time, but kind of it's nice to have options. Yeah, no, it certainly is. And, and with freshman superstars, too, that they're just going to be more consistent, particularly in these games at the start of the season. Um, you know, I mean, we saw Edwards and Wagner kind of I mean, we, we saw the story in both games, right? Where Dillingham was awesome in the first one, and then it was Edwards and Wagner in the second one. So, um, you know, a lot of it's going to come down to who's going to have the good shooting night. Uh, hey, uh, it's it's, it's going to make for uh, an exciting product, I think. And um, I'm curious, too, how they handle with a little bit of adversity. I don't know how much New Mexico State's going to actually bring, but do they – in the middle of the other team's run, are they jacking up threes or are they going and getting to the free throw line? Right? Because they should, in theory, TJ, I think they're going to be able to take anybody they want off the dribble here and get to the rim. So I, I just, I, I, that's the one thing of a young team. I can stomach some of the uh, turnovers and aggressive play. I hate the comes down the court and settles for a 25 foot three. Like just right away, while the other teams on a run, that's the one mistake that actually does bug me. That and like uh, the Isaiah Briscoe steps on the pace line. Those are the two that just bug me to oblivion. Some people would totally disagree with you on the the three take, just because it'd be like a sign of, hey, at least they're not taking the air out of the ball. At least they're still trying to score. At least they're still trying to put up points. And I think you may even be more if that's something that really bugs you. Cal's made a point now in multiple interviews to bring up, I had to yell at DJ to shoot that 23-footer. I know it's really deep, DJ, but you got to be able to shoot it. It's almost like a dope protest too much, so maybe it'll end up not being true at all. But he's, like, made an emphasis of, like, deep threes, that's me. I'm John Calipari, and I approve those messages. Like, it almost seems like I know I have this reputation of not being three-point friendly, Listen to what I'm saying this offseason. I'm talking about shooting deep threes. So I don't I don't agree with you there. The Isaiah Briscoe dribbling well, out of bounds was always frustrating. But as long as you're being aggressive, whether it's attacking at the rim or jacking up threes, I don't care. Just don't wait till under five seconds in the shot clock to get things going. Okay. That's I, what bothers me. I, I, I'm with you on that. Mine's more of a goes down one pass shot. If you're going to shoot that three while you're struggling offensively, at least get the ball in the paint and kick it inside out because I I would love to know the numbers on an inside out three versus a two to three pass three that never gets right. You know, you're, then, you're saying don't don't settle for the okay average shot, make two passes and get a good shot. Right. Yeah. Like let's just. Because, like, the three, he did it in the first game, and I know it's exhibition, it doesn't really matter, but there was one time where DJ did that, where he pulled up from two, three feet behind the three-point line, shot a three. It's like, dude, you could have just gone all the way to the rim. That guy wasn't going to stop you. And I like that shot, or the chances of you getting fouled. It's mostly just run stoppers, because I've always – yeah, basketball's changed some since I played, but that used to be a huge point of emphasis when I played, was, like, taking a three – while the other team's on a run, it's just gasoline on a fire. 
Um, taking bad shots is gasoline on our fire. I know the game's changed some since then, but uh, I just I know too that this team's very good at getting the rim. They're good at finishing at the rim. Uh, it's that, and that's something we haven't had here in who. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I who was the last person that was really good at getting to the rim and finishing? Shay? Uh, Kaysen left us wanting more, but did show some flashes. Obviously, Ty Ty couldn't finish inside in the interior. Um, Quickly Maxie... to shoot the floater. I mean, that was the thing is they all shot the floaters. They weren't, like, getting to the rim, you know, like all the way yeah. there and finishing. It probably yeah. is Shay. I mean, you probably got to go back to Shay. And even he was more, like, contorting, um, but he still would also get to the free throw line. He was good. He was really, really good. That team should have gone – further than just the sweet 16. I think, I think you could blanket what you're saying. Just like they, they need to make good decisions. Their decision-making yeah. needs to be good. And there's going to be some growing pains with decision-making. Although I will say like probably the biggest takeaway you could have from the Canada trip and these two exhibition games is how impressive their unselfishness is passing the ball. Cause sometimes with yeah, freshmen, sure. you can make like a chemistry case that, Oh, they got to learn how to play with each other. And I do think there's truth to that, like in tight games, you know, they're probably going to lose a close game that we feel like they probably should have won because they didn't hit free throws or they didn't, you know, they, uh, who was it last year that, oh, it was the Michigan State Champions Classic game. The UK just hits free throws, they win. Um, and that was a more experienced team that you had hoped that those, they'd know those situations a little bit better. This team, they're probably going to have a growing pain or two game where it's just late in the game, stupid turnover, bad mistake, not being overly situational aware. Um, but besides that, that's my biggest takeaway so far is like, man, they pass the ball like a group of three or old, four old players that yeah. have been playing together for a really long time. So decision-making, it's with a young group, that's always takes, something to monitor. It takes time, yeah. But it does seem like this group maybe is a little further ahead than most. Um, but – yeah, fun basketball conversation. Another texter says, did Roush just say he's given Brad White a break because he recruits – the recruits he brought in aren't good? Um, I guess that's how you would put it, yeah. Well, I guess what that texter is like, you know, yeah, I know. He's... To their attitude is like, well, he brought in the players. Right, right. Um, yeah. Well, that's what um... – just if there's the problems in the secondary, I, I don't think are schematic wise. I'm just going to, I'll leave it at that. I, I think the, the personnel has got to get better. When I saw them offer an app state commit, I about lost my mind. It's like, what are we doing here? Uh, well, well, that's a, that's a fair point. I, I think that both those things are probably true that like, there's a reason UK's had great defenses under stoops. They know what they're doing, but you still at the end of the day need to have the guys out there to do it in which case they're still responsible for, like, get those right. guys. You know, if right. you can yeah. get them previously, you can get them now. Seems like maybe you, you drop the ball a little bit. Uh, injuries don't help, obviously. That's just part of the game. That being said, though, we are talking about holding a team in their home stadium to three points. Yeah. They had, yeah. One, bad, they had one bad drive, and they still held them to three. And I totally agree with you, Roush. Like, even as painful as that drive was, the fact that Mississippi State had to swallow and just end up with three, that did feel like that was the game. Like, the fact you couldn't punch it in there when UK's defense is puffing and puffing and not really tackling well, you still couldn't get a touchdown? Then it did feel like that was checkmate there. Yeah, and, I mean, we've talked about how good Kentucky's been at recruiting the front seven. They 
been good. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, recruiting matters. That that's that's the overall point. I'm, I guess I'm trying to make here. Um, did you see the guys that got the cowbells after the game? That's pretty funny. I did. Good. I'm glad. It's a ridiculously long time to not win in Starkville, Mississippi, as if it's like Tuscaloosa. I'm glad they had fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Get your swagger back on the season. A texture says, I thought Stoops said he got something in his eye. I thought I heard that too, but maybe Roush is right that he didn't technically say that. He just said that his vision, you know, he alluded yeah. like it was an eye injury. But really, if you paid attention, it may have been a concussion. Right. Uh, I tweeted the clip out if you want to see it when he got hurt. Like, there's not – he went out that play. And then Stoops was right. He was losing his mind. His leery just ran off the field. It's like, dude, if you're hurt, you got to lay down there so they can get ready. Like, Kai Sharon just runs in and is trying to figure out the play. Like, it, that was a – it was kind of a, you know, Chinese fire drill. Like, it was just – they had to burn a timeout. Stoops is over there just yelling at him to go down. It's like, yeah, you're right. He should have – somebody should have gone down. Ooh, yeah, I see. I'm now just watching the replay. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a concussion. I mean, there's, there's no drama about that one. That's a concussion. Uh, Dexter um, says, yeah, I th- the, 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 the exact Stoops quote was, he had something going on, something in his eye that was leading to reading the thing wrong. That's why we were taking a long time late. Hopefully he'll be fine. We'll see. Okay, so at least he did. At least I'm not crazy. He did say something in the so eye. So maybe when his head hit the ground, a blade of grass got in his eye. I mean, it's not like dirt does get in people's eyes. But yeah, that's, that's true. That's a, that's a concussion. Um, somebody <laughs> says, I thought I saw somewhere that Soup said he got something in his eye. Yeah, so we're, we're getting to the bottom of it. Uh, Texter says, the haircut lady's commonly referred to as a barber. Do you, do you call females barbers? Yeah, if they cut men's hair, uh, but like most, like TJ goes to a hairstylist who. There we go. That's she, the term I was looking for. Hairstylist. She, she does both of them, right? Uh, does what do you mean? She does both. Like men, of them? men and women's hair. I like, don't. We don't get that personal. Mine does she men and women's hair. hair. So she's a stylist. Oh, she does <laughs> cut men and women's hair, but I think she's her specialty is men. Okay. Her haircutting. So she's a barber. She, I'll have to, I'll have to ask, I guess. It I is, it is, it is weird, the semantics of it all, because, uh, like, my, my Nana would go to the beauty shop to get her hair done by a beautician, right? Mm. But then a man would go get his hair cut by a barber. How full of yourself do you have to be to call yourself a beautician? <laughs> I mean, I get my hair cut in a salon, so I guess it would be a stylist. I yeah. am, I will make so, you beautiful. My my uncle, uh, back in the day, he so he owned a beauty shop and slenderizing salon. So he had those machines that women would go in there and they had the little belts. And oh they yeah, just, they'd just shake, shake the fat off of you. Was that like the purpose? They thought that that like that would do that. I guess yeah. This is slenderizing. Get all the, which they even have stuff now that actually does work a little bit better. But, you know, it's there to tighten up all the jiggly stuff, uh, which um, uh, great whose line is it anyway bit. They would have uh, the one guy in front of a green screen and he didn't know what it was. And so they would be describing it to him. And they had just like video playing behind him of like all the, the fat jiggling all, all time bit. If you, if you go on the YouTubes and try to find it, call a mockery in the in front of the green screen. Just great stuff. 
Uh, Texter says, TJ, you'll want that one back. Beauticians have their own licensing, barbers as well. Barber stylists, beauticians are all their own programs. I don't want it back. I just think <laughs> if you call yourself a beautician, that's like a little full of yourself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the difference between people that cut hair. I, I totally get that there's different tiers to it that that the average folk don't know, which is me. Uh, but I'm not hair's not of my most concern right now in my life. It's yeah, the, hey, you're you're talking to the wrong people when it yeah, comes. Yeah, it's the wrong group of people to <laughs> try to inform us of what the different hairstylists do. Oh, oh boy uh all right well that's all the text from the morning text okay so all right because we, we can, have some more that are later but yeah, yeah we we can we got some from over the weekend obviously we can go wherever we want now moving forward um but i do think the text line did a good job of the the morning textures did a good job of us just touching all our bases we've covered yeah. the cats win against mississippi state and we'll talk about more fallout from that game the big the big concern is going to be Devin Leary. The, mm-hmm. If you don't have him for Alabama, then it's, uh, it's, well, toast. it's a non-starter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, but if you do, then maybe something – who knows? Who knows? Give yourself a chance in the second half. It could be fun. You saw some good moments from the offense, although I wish that they were a little bit more consistent against Mississippi State. But all things considered, a, a nice win down there in Starkville. Uh, and then the basketball cats play today. We've talked about that as well. So we'll, we'll get to it all. And what do we have more on? What, where do you want to go on the text line? Um, uh, wherever, wherever it takes us. I don't know where it really starts. I saw somebody uh, say, why is Clemson rushing the field? Which I enjoyed that. Did Mike Rutherford make the joke after they did it against Notre Dame? Uh, yeah, I, I that's like probably, a, probably. Yeah, Cause that's, that's the bet, right? Um, you get, you can get fans really, because they do it after every game. Uh, but Dabo going, if you're buying stocks, buy them now. It's like, oh, come on, Dabo. Like, just chill, bro. Which that was, it was a fun start to college football Saturday. That noon slate, that game was exciting. Uh, you also had Ole Miss and A&M go down to the wire mm-hmm. where uh, A&M missed a field goal there at the end to, to send it to overtime. Um, the Florida game went into overtime. KJ Jefferson bullying some of those guys. I mean, oh, that yeah, was, he, he was just running over some people. Gosh, that was that was something else. And then um, I, I, I want to say there was one other game that was really good in that early window. The night games were fun for a oh, little bit, but Texas, Texas, Kansas State, Texas, Kansas game. State. There we go. Which that uh, Texas tried so hard to lose that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kansas State had multiple chances with the field goals. Finally, got the game tying one there at the end, but then um, went for it. Uh, instead of extending the game, it was what fourth and seven. Would you have gone for it there, TJ? Yeah, I think so. Joe Clatt made the point. He's like, Yeah, but it's like Kansas State has been the better team. You would think that they would just try to win it out there. And I'm, a, but I'm also at the same time, like, it, I don't, I don't want to get in a two point off. And that's kind of where the, the direction that was going. Which, by the way, can we get rid of that? That sucks, the two point off. Yeah, that's got to go. Yeah, I like, I like, you see people make a big stink about it, but like you know what? What this got talked about a lot. I just don't. I don't like you know. I I think when it got people got talking about, it, I was like, well, that's not, not good. I get it. No. You want the game to end, but like you don't do a free throw off at the after a couple overtimes. Right, and I mean, 
players are that's tired. Just gimmicky. Yeah, it's just gimmicky. It's, by the time they get to it, there are like they were talking about like player safety and all this. It's like after you do two overtimes, you're already exhausted. What's a couple more? Like, you know, I, just... I, I agree, and like I get it. You're trying to limit. You're just trying to limit the plays at that point, but. It's not it's not a good way to determine a winner and a loser. Better yet, yeah. if you move them off the 25-yard line, put them say back at I don't know, the 40 or the 50, that'll that's going to be eliminated, right? See, that that that's the the real answer, Scoots. So they start now at the 20. No, it's the 35. I thought it was 25. Right? Isn't it's it always the been the 25. It's, it's the 25. Okay. It's a, oh, it's a 35-yard field goal in my brain. Uh 42-yarder technically. Yeah, if you do, if you want to get if you want to make it, just back them up to the forty. Like <laughs> that, that's the way to do it, right? Like, um, although I do wonder if teams just wouldn't be able to score. That would be kind of funny. We well, get more college kickers that, though. That stinks. Also, I think you could do like a fun hybrid thing where it's like you start at the fifty and there's two minutes, so you get one timeout. Like, not only is it college overtime where like the other team's going to get a chance too, but you're going against the clock, so. Drives can't last for, you know, can't be like a 15-play drive from the 50 where you're, you know, going for a long time. So you're limited in terms of clock and you're limited in terms of field. Yeah, the two-point off is terrible. I think we've all just come up with a couple better ideas in two seconds than whatever they've got going on there. A texture on the Thornton sex line says, just want to get your all's reaction after seeing Stone Cold Dingus for four days. Is the look here to stay? Barring it actually grows back. Oh, it's growing uh, back. I think he looks great. Uh, I, if, if he decided to just make that his normal look, I wouldn't blame him one bit. I'd like to see him just do the mustache. I think he's missing out there. But overall, Scoots, uh, you're, you're a handsome fellow. I see you rocking the mustache now. Yeah, it's kind of like I still have the, the little bit of the beard. But um, I'm a big after UK loses a game to switch facial hair up, sort of. So trying this on for size. Okay. Well, I hate it for what oh. it's worth. You hate it? <laughs> hey, I'm not a mustache guy. I've gotten compliments on the mustache. Before. I mean, wow. it, it does look pretty good on you. I've got to give you that. Scoots hates you. <laughs> we had the Woodman tweet me and say, it's determined on the type of license they carry. Barber license are different than from hairstylists. Uh, okay. I, I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Another texter says, even though you grew up in Louisville, that's wild. Not sure what that's referring to. How many teams have we had post twenty fifteen that were better? Oh, I'm. Well, this is these are Thursday stacks. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't okay. know where you are. Well, I just uh, saw the emoji that we had marked it. So. Okay. Okay. I see one that's for Monday. And we we start where it's there. We start where it says Monday. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you guys say Kentucky owns Louisville, but I would say they own Sadie. Nick's uncle is a completely different coach and person. That's why I'm worried he'll hang fifty on us. Jeff's from. The era of beating UK is the norm. Our football team is struggling to put a complete game together. Jeff never played against Kentucky, ever. Um, I guess he was with Petrino for those. He he was with Petrino and Cragthorpe, so he lost two games at least. Um, so, yeah, I, you know. it. I will say it is hilarious to change uh, where – so Satterfield, they lost again. Cincinnati lost again. Um, shocker, right? They've got 800 rushing yards in the last three games and have lost all of them. Um, mm. It's pretty incredible. And there's another stat I saw, too, that I wanted to bring up that, um, oh, I'm scrolling and it's almost here. So 
UofL beat Cincinnati in a bowl game. This one, nine of 10. Cincinnati's lost eight of 10. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but yeah, they, they, um, they've been, they've been sharp. The, to your point though, TJ, like, I, I, did it feel like, it felt like Stoops was really coaching his ass off on the sidelines versus Mississippi State. Like, it felt like, he was doing everything to kind of will them to a win down there because he knew it was a must-win situation. I think he knows his teams pretty well, and I think he's really good about getting them up. So I don't – especially if they go in, like, it's actually probably best-case scenario if Louisville is 10-1 and one going into that game, right? I mean, you're going to get Kentucky at their best, I would imagine. Um, just – Here's an opportunity then to go be a top 10 Louisville team that we know we're better than, which how many times can you say that? You know, that could be a huge opportunity for the cats. Yeah. Big one. Huge. I don't even know if TJ's still there. He's frozen. Oh, another texture says, how am I so dumb enough to listen to Roush's horse picks? Hey man, I gave you one. All right. I hope you went big on it. Like I did. Idiomatic. So that was at least one. Roush, I thought your horse picks this weekend were fine. I don't know why you're getting so much guff. You took my account from 25 up to 62. So I was living right. Yeah, I just tried doing the doubles with uh, Cody's Wish, and it just went chalk all around it. And that that was the part where it was hard. How great was that Cody's Wish race, though? I mean, he he got his ass by a nose. It was awesome for me because I had the the horse that came in second, I had a play show bet on. So – that race went about as perfect as it could have. That's I was texting you that night because they had the like they were bumping down the stretch a little bit. I was trying to say like it, eh, there was nothing nefarious there, and I'm glad they made that decision. Yeah, here's the thing, Scoots. If you thought it was going to go that way, you po- you might have made more money betting the exacta. Maybe so. Yeah, I never think. But of, hey, I never think about the exotics. But hey, man, you won. You won. That's true. At least you got that. Um, Should why we break? is the color on our? Yeah, let's just let's. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's just go ahead and break and try to get TJ back on. Good idea. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> we'll take a break and come back. Tell you more about our friends at Shady Race, and you know, let me get you ready for this college basketball season. It's going to be an exciting one. We got it right here, on Kentucky Roll Call, the Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. Shake that to me, oh girl, shake. Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call, the Big X Sports Radio. One final segment here on a Monday, the opening day of college basketball season. And Scoots, I can't think of a better way to start college basketball season than by stopping in a Thornton's and getting a donut and a hot cup of coffee, fueling up for a great college basketball season. Really anything you need at Thornton's. They've got beer there. If you're uh, like me and you're an Indiana fan and you need to drink during the games, Thornton's can be your stop for that. They've got pretty cheap beer, to be honest with you. Uh, All kinds of food, snacks, 32-ounce soft drinks, just 89 cents. So, yeah, that's where I'm going to be going. I, I go to Thornton's way more than I care to admit. 
Um, question. Yeah. I know you are a, you like your beers to, you like your beer like I like my coffee. Dark. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're a big fan. So is there any sort of seasonal beverage that you prefer this time of year? Uh, not seasonal beer not really just anything porter stout i'm i'm big on this time of the year when okay. it, when so it starts do, getting cold do you do the, you don't do the oktoberfest or anything no nah, i'm not big on oktoberfests i just yeah wow how I mean, anti-german of you they're okay i can i can drink them if that's all there is but that's not what i prefer by the way yesterday at the hotel took 17 beers home no big deal pretty pretty Ooh. huge sunday not a Dunkel guy either. I thought. Oh, I love Dunk. Like- no, I love Dunkel. Okay. Love yeah. Dunkels. Good old Dunkel. Yeah. Good old Dunkel. Well, our Dunkel TJ, he might be having <laughs> computer out on him. His computer uh, might be Dunkel. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> might be counting him out. Uh, we will at least be in person. I'm hoping my car is finally fixed for good today. Nice. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> All the above. Um, just really sick and tired of dealing with this bull crap. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, and we'll get back to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the number. Um, yeah, they said, why is the color of the helmets in North Carolina blue and not the UK blue like the rest of the uniform? Um, if you know, like, the, the, the blue is a little bit lighter when it's on the white helmet. And that's because it's supposed to look better on television. Like, it's supposed to be more vibrant. Hmm. Um, I didn't notice that. Very, yeah, yeah. Just um, just a little bit of a shade off. But, and that's why you, like, when you watch the, the colors look different in person, ver- like, of the basketball court. It looks different in person than on TV. Um, and that's, that's, like, a purposeful choice. Like, they did that for a reason. Hey, Nick, when does old cousin Jeff and Plummer start sucking and losing games they shouldn't? Well, part of the reason why they're not is because they're not asking. They're playing from ahead. The defense has been all right. But they also aren't asking. I mean, Plummer threw 12 passes against Virginia Tech. He threw 16 against Duke. Um, guess how many he threw in the loss of Pitt, Scoots? Uh, 17. 52. What? <laughs> so, yeah, he's thrown about 20 passes in every game, but when he had to throw 52, he threw for two picks, including a back-breaking one. And does that mean TJ's computer's alive? Or... No, no, I'm on the I'm on the backup computer. Oh. Oh, Scooch made, made a face that you never want to see. Does not – the... doesn't sound great. I'm on the backup computer. Well, we're going to have to make – we're going to have to make it work for 20 minutes, so – it's it is going to probably be a little different, different spot. Um, I, that was that was crazy. I mean, I'm so it probably means I'm due for a new computer. Uh, you all just froze right during two good conversations, and I could hear you all, and then it broke up, and then a little bit later I could hear you all again, and then it's just been dead ever since then. But I enjoyed the is it better if U of L is like ten and one going into the UK game talk, and then I heard you all briefly talk about the Cody's wish race, which was just an awesome horse race. It was a really exciting finish. So uh, I hate that I cut out right there because you all were having some good conversation. And then now you're back talking interceptions, though. So I didn't get to hear that part. Uh, Just Jack Plummer. The more he throws, the more mistakes he makes. Um, I will say that you're a little hot, TJ. So I would err on the side of uh, quietness if you can. So. Okay. 
You can talk like an NPR person. We'll do NPR for the final segment here. Uh, Texas says Andrew Phillips freaking sucks. Um, he he's he's not been playing his best football as of late, uh, particularly tackling. That's that's the big one. Just get the guys, use a little leverage, get them out of bounds, especially those short passes by the sideline. Got to make those plays. Nick, please convince me that J.J. Weaver does anything. I feel like I haven't seen him do anything all year. Not a good look for a guy who's played so much college football. It's a great, great question that I don't have a good answer to. I know initially, like, we I, – I tried to make it clear in the preseason that even though J.J. had high hopes, he's not a – T.J., his strength is setting the edge against the run. It's not mm-hmm. getting after the quarterback. And – Sometimes the good plays he makes are making Mike Wright throw the football when he was rolling out. Like that one play where they made Mike Wright stretch it out for 10 yards or whatever. They throw it for a first down, but they have an illegal man downfield because you can't stretch it out that far. So, you know, I, I think he's doing some good things out there. But to expect a bunch of numbers in production, I, I always thought was a little bit. A little bit like asking too much because he's he's built to be an edge setter, not necessarily an edge rusher. All right, I made a system change, Scoots. Is it any better or any worse? It sounds better. Better? Yeah, yeah a little better. Okay. It's, it's still coming through hot, but yeah, it sounds good. <clears throat> now, and, and Roush, I think that that's probably just the the proof is in the pudding situation with Weaver is that like he's a good role player on a good defense, but he's not going to ever be the man. Yeah. On, yeah. on a defense he's not going to be that that impact maker that difference maker um and i think people thought this year maybe you would see a step see up a in that through. regard right, and right. that's fine he is what he is other people have to step up then uh weaver seems to do kind of his job he does it well but he's not going to take that that huge next step that we were optimistically hoping for uh, what do we got next on the text line uh another texture says uh can't wait to be payment with kaya whatever the heck that is <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't, and that's why I just didn't understand. The, like, why not take some shots with him? Let him throw some deep balls. If you're going three and out, anyways, right? What, what's what, it matter? Yeah. yeah, even if he throws a couple picks, like, who does? You know, you didn't want to throw a pick six and then make it a twenty-four ten game, but that would be the worst case scenario. So, um, just tell him not to throw pick six. But besides that, take some chances because if. Leary can't go Saturday or against South Carolina or Louisville, God forbid, you're going to need to pass the ball. Yeah, and I, and I think what happened is that Kentucky was pretty – it felt like they were trying to force the issue with the running game. Am I, is that – am I off on there? Like, Because there was a couple times where it's like they're throwing the ball well and then they're just, all right, now we're going to hand it all off. When really the only drive they could run the ball effectively was that one in the two-minute drill or the four-minute drill. I think it was mostly just Mark Stoops' offense. I, I think you're right. I think it was we got to establish the run to even open up the pass, but two, establishing the run will be good for our own, you know, just to be able to chew the clock and to move the right, chains. Right. And, you know, we, we got to keep – we're not going to abandon the run here, even if it's not working. But I think it was just Mark Stoops. Hey, we're up. We know we ain't losing this bad boy. The only way we're losing it is something wonky happened. So we're up. We're rocking. We're rolling. And let's just keep running the rock. There was one play, too, that I – I'm not good watching games, uh, not in the press box. So, um, my car issues derailed my initial plans to be at my in-laws and then go to the Browns game Sunday morning, unfortunately. I was, was pretty upset about that. But – so, I was like, all right, well, I'm at home. 
I, you know, I got, I watched the game down the street at my friend's house. Well, a, a bunch of Louisville fans came back from the game drunk. I was like, I don't want to deal with them. I, I get, I get pregame anxiety where I don't like, I just don't really want to talk to people. So instead, I'm watching the game in my office, like gritting my teeth through it. Um, I ended up spending about half of it of uh, the first, second quarter watching the game with Duke. That was kind of sweet. Uh, don't get to watch too many with him. But I, I, I am not good at watching games from home where. I don't have to keep my emotions in check because there was one drive where Leary was just like, pew, pew, pew. And then Ramon Jefferson handoff, Barry on Brown deep shot, punt time. Like, it was just like the worst. Like, what are we doing here? Just keep throwing the freaking football. Why are we giving the ball to Ramon Jefferson? You know what, Ramon Jefferson? Nice guy. Has he ran the ball at all this year? No. Why are we giving him the football? I just, I was so... So annoyed by that 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 sequence of events. They get it down to the 45, and then boom. Also, another thing that annoys me, uh, and it's, I, I actually enjoy that I get to say some of my annoying things because the text line, surprisingly, wasn't blown up. Um, it was kind of just a boring game, so people don't have a lot of hot takes. But Wilson Berry still stinks. Like, so real, real bad. Real yeah. bad. And, and and also this isn't because like they're making him like he was worse as an Aussie punter so like I, I don't I mean there was multiple thirty two yard punts multiple you can't I don't I can I, I think if you gave me a week I could do that what the hell's going on in practice I don't know and also that's got to be a bad indictment on Jackson Smith or whatever the kid is from Danville if they can't play him. No, I, I was thinking, I was wondering that as well. But, like, at practice, is he just doing 32-yard bombs and they're like, okay, it'll be better in the game? Or is he doing better in practice and they're like, okay, not sure why practice is – or why games are so bad, but, like, yeah. he's able to hit good punts here. But I, I have no confidence – like, I have no confidence in an over a 35-yard punt, and that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Like, and- it, it can happen. I think he had a 42-yarder, which, you know, woo. Sound the alarm, but yeah, it's it's really it's really really bad. And they're also in a weird spot too because I don't know if they're going to want to go back and keep getting Aussies or not. But you can't sour that relationship, you know. Um, you don't want the country of Australia mad at you. No, they're going to send a bunch of emus at you, and it'll just be it'll be real ugly, mm-hmm. real real ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the Thorns text slide. Mizzou giving Georgia more of a game than Kentucky these past two days upsets me. Why? I mean, Georgia didn't have Brock Bowers. Uh, Brady Cook was playing a lot better. Like, if you watch any of these teams play this year, you I think you would expect Missouri to play better at Georgia than Kentucky did. I mean, am, am I missing something? I mean, I mean Missouri's just, just a better football. Missouri's just a better football team than Kentucky yeah. this year. It's pretty. It's pretty apparent. Um, they are. Uh, I didn't foresee that, but they, they're a better football team this year. Uh, it. Uh, yeah, I think Missouri's kind of having the year Kentucky's thought that we thought Kentucky would have, mm-hmm. and we're probably having the year we thought Missouri would have. Not that we thought Missouri would stink, but that they were probably not in that. There's the championship tier. Then there's that next tier. We thought we'd be in that next tier. We're in the tier past that next tier. And, and the thing is, though, is like a lot of tier. The, mar- the, the margins don't really matter. You know, wins, wins, losses, losses. So if like if Kentucky beats Missouri, they're just flip flop. Like it's not, it's not some drastic difference. Um, so uh, I, I did. Did you see Shane Beamer try to do the Drinkwitz play? Those freaking yes. losers can't help themselves. I did see that. 
They try to do the fake punt where we're just going to throw up a prayer 40 yards down the field. And uh, uh, you know what? It's weird. That play didn't work. I think if that play was ran 10 times, I think the only one time that it worked was against Kentucky. It's such a low percentage play. And And like into the wind, no less. Yeah. Um, South Carolina, they didn't get a late pick six. Jacksonville State was driving to take the lead, and they had a backup quarterback in. Uh, he threw a pick six at, like, the South Carolina 20-yard line. It was a three-point game. They were, I was, I was like, come yeah. on, Rich Rod, you can do it. And, uh, nope, instead, pick six, and Gamecocks won by ten over the other Gamecocks. And then Beamer did the thing. He, like, was Mr. Hardass in the post-game press conference talking about how, like, there's going to be some fans that – aren't going to like that we only won by 10 and they are bad people. He, he, he sounded off on fans, unappreciative fans, coaches, man, this job really must like make you melt. Cause people act like children sometimes. <laughs> oh, texture says Kirby Moore or Liam Cohen. Uh, well, I... Kirby Moore's having a good year. He's the Missouri offensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, I think Liam's been, been all right. Just, but just, just all right. Just all right. Not, not, not great. Uh, Mike Wright is UK's Krypton. I mean, he completed 11 of 21 passes for 78 yards, a pick six, and he rushed for 20 yards on 11 carries. So, yeah. Yeah. It was nice to get one, uh, like to not let that Vandy game be the, the last, the last Sight we uh, saw of him. Did you hear they said that Ray Davis did like a PowerPoint presentation on Mike Wright for the defense? No. <laughs> that was what Kublik said, which is it's pretty funny. Uh, well, even never... like included some trash talk that might get to him, which that that's good. I, I enjoyed that. I did too. Imagine, uh, imagine sitting in on that PowerPoint too. Like, <laughs> this is his mom's name. He'll get, really, <laughs> he'll get really mad if you talk about her. If Leary is out versus Alabama, can we forfeit the game? Uh, no. If you recall, the last time Kentucky played at Alabama, um, half the team got COVID, and the Cats didn't have Chris Rodriguez. He was the big one, but I know there was there was multiple players that were out. So that was, um, yeah, not not always delightful. Uh, at least this game's a nooner, TJ. At least this mm-hmm. one's a nooner. Yeah, not the nooners. If cats go to if cats go eight and four to end the season with a loss to Alabama, what is the best possible bowl? What is most likely? It seems like UK is almost locked into the Duke Mayo Bowl. Roush, uh, having a bunch of other teams lose probably helps that, but I think Outback Bowl would be on the table, uh, depending on like if Missouri can be the Citrus Bowl team. Uh, I think Outback would probably be best case scenario, but you you need I think unlikely. one of. Yeah. You need like one of LSU, Tennessee, or Mizzou to just tank, and right. odds are they yeah. probably they probably won't. But um, yeah, it, it, and it stinks. Like the the Duke Mayo's Bowl is not doing it for anybody. The Music City Bowl is not doing it for anybody. The Liberty Bowl is not doing it for anybody. The Texas Bowl is not doing it for anybody. That whole tier of bowls is not like. It's good that UK football has moved past being excited about those, but I think that probably happened a couple of years back. Like, it's, this is not a new phenomenon for UK that those bowls aren't really doing anything for anybody. It's better than not making a bowl, mind you. But with that being said, it really does put an emphasis on, like, your season is the South Carolina and U of L games. 
That's what it all comes down to. Who cares about the Duke Mayo Bowl? Like if you if you lose to Louisville and you win the Duke Mayo Bowl, nobody's going to be excited about that. So it, with that being said, it looked like you know the Tennessee loss or the Missouri loss that's going to keep you, you out from you could that, um, you could do Gator too. Do people get excited for a Gator Bowl? It's yeah, it's, it's better than that other tier. It's a it's whether right or wrong, it's perceived a tier above. Because um, the way I'm looking at LSU's schedule, they're going to win out. Um, they'll be nine and three. They'll probably go to the Citrus Bowl, I would imagine. Uh, so, and then from there, it's either ten, and then it, then it kind of gets tiered as Tennessee or Missouri. They're playing each other this weekend. I think in the, what you want is you want Missouri to win. Because Tennessee's also going to lose to Georgia, um, so that would that would put them at if Vandy's their last win, that would put them at eight and four. So I think that's what you're kind of hoping for. Uh, but I, I will say though, uh, Charlotte, if you didn't go last time, it was a, it was a lot of fun in the Lynn Bowden Bowl game, and that is a good setup that they have down there. As far as like, it's easy to walk to the stadium from downtown. There's like a lot of Stuff to do like Charlotte's not a bad like that. That's a pretty solid uh, host. And you know what? If we're going to the Mayo's Mayo Bowl, like I'm going to do a lot of Mayo content. So just that can at least be fun. Yeah, I mean, again, not the end of the world, but definitely not moving the needle for any UK fans. But to your point, though, TJ, beating a top ten, top fifteen Louisville team means a lot more than winning the Duke Mm -hmm. like that. Yep, absolutely. Um, a texter on the Thornton's text line says, happy Saturday. What game did you guys usually play at recess in grade school? Foursquare was one of the more slept on games on the block. Um, we were big, we were big two hand touch football. Uh, we did a, a little bit of kickball, but the biggest one was just throwing the vortex back and forth. Like it was just, there wasn't anything to it other than three or four vortex balls. There's like 10 guys over here. Uh, you know, you just split them up and you throw them as far as you possibly can, as high as you can. Very, very good stuff. We would do some basketball too. Um, I We made – we had a four-team football league and we'd do it at recess and we'd have drafts and then you'd get drafted to your team. Each team would play each other at recess and the next day you'd play the other team. Usually we'd do like a, a week would be a season and then the next week would be the playoffs – and then we'd do a redraft and do it all again. It was a lot of fun. Recess, good time. A texter, I will say Foursquare is a good game, though. A uh, texter says, like the two people showed up to the Louisville game when they were playing for a shot at the ACC championship, is U of L the biggest joke of a fan base in America? Some are certainly saying the amount of seating in that stadium is just laughable. Way too big of a stadium, and they get real riled up when you point out their crowd. Which, if I were a U of L fan, just – we're, don't get riled up by it. Like, who cares? Your stadium's so, too big. Here, So here's the thing. It's bad in that it doesn't look good. Now, are the atmospheres actually that bad? No. I, but here's the positive. is One of my friends, he got to take his little three-year-old, and there's plenty of room for them to run around. So, you know, like there's, optim- there's positive signs to be able to kind of choose where you want to sit in that stadium because there's uh, empty seats. But I think really the solution is just, they just need to tarp off that upper deck. There's, there's no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. But, but like I said, the positive is if you want a ticket to a Louisville game, it's really easy to get one. People are giving them away all the time. Well, that atmosphere for the UK, I mean, as long as UK doesn't lose to Alabama and South Carolina, 
I mean, regardless, that atmosphere is going to be really good for that Governor's Cup. Probably the best atmosphere it's ever been. Yeah, they got up for that uh, 2021 game. And then, like, Kentucky, Will Levis had two rushing touchdowns and, like, jumped over a guy, and then they all left. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, minutes. they sure did. That was that was uh, one of TJ's finest moments. Uh, in that was a fun one. Just smack talking. It was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, I was unable to watch the majority of the game, unfortunately. Do you all think we won mainly due to Mississippi State being that terrible, or was our performance highly credible? I mean, it was a good defensive performance any way you slice it, but Mississippi State's not a good team. No. And Kentucky just did what they needed to do to win comfortably. Cats, nothing Cats more, got off nothing to more. a good start. They had a nice four-minute offense, and that was that was all they needed to to win that game. Um, a texter says, TJ, is it painful watching the Packers on offense? Painful doesn't begin to describe it. Yeah. A texter says, I'm placing a bet against Louisville. Have you read that one? Oh, I think um, we're pretty much caught up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the, the AFC North is the best division of football, and I don't think it's close. Um, I, th- I would say that that's accurate. Yeah, the Ravens, man, they smoked the Seahawks. Whew. Mm-hmm. Absolutely put it on them. Browns got a big win. Bengals uh, got the Bills. That was a that was a big win for Cincinnati. So Joe Burrow too. He's all the way back. Didn't realize how much he needed to be able to move to be a good quarterback. But man, he's he's ass kicking now. Uh, that stadium in Cincy was awesome last night. Well done on the stripe out, Cincy fans. Yeah, that looked good. really really good on TV. We should do it just like hockey and start taking players off the field in overtime. I like that. That'd be fun. Um, no, not dangerous at all. Oh, we accidentally took out the left tackle here. Quarterback just got drilled. <laughs> Scoots, uh, explain the, to me. Or go ahead, Ralph. I was just going to say one other dumb thing about that game. The special teamers just wanted to fight the whole time. Like, it mm. wasn't the actual player. It was just like the freshmen on special teams were just jawing the entire game. And then the refs having to bring them together to be like, guys, stop doing this. It's like you all are not helping this at all. John, like Rutherford said, UK is a dirty program. Oh, because they're wanting to play patty cake after that? Yeah. <laughs> a texter says, Scoots, explain to me why you can't buy cold beer in Indiana. It's a good question. Uh, I think it comes down to Hoosiers are more susceptible to drinking and driving. So if you can't buy cold beer in gas stations, you can't drink while you drive. Okay. That's dumb. A <laughs> uh, texter says, he's abysmal, mate. Another one says... <laughs> We stop recruiting Australian punters and Russell Crowe shows up to the locker room to rough up Stoops. <laughs> That's pretty he's funny. Like Russell Crowe, too. Like, in his, like, old gladiator uniform that doesn't fit. So, he's got, like, his, his man boobs hanging out of that thing. Uh, <sighs> Folks, it's here. It's the start of the college basketball season. And this one feels like, unlike any other one we've had in the Calipari era, UK needs to have a good season. UK needs to have a March tournament run. And they need to have a fun regular season. We need to go into big games not feeling like UK is not only going to lose, we need to get back to feeling like UK is going to win. This is a big season for the future of UK basketball, for Calipari's legacy. It all starts tonight, Nick Roush. We like the group that UK has, the national media, not as much, and that's a little bit different than we've had in other seasons. So give me your prediction for tonight. Go ahead and just give me a uh, a season prediction for UK. Cats are going to the Final Four, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! SEC tournament. We're all the way back thanks to excellent guard play, and that is why I think it starts tonight with 
uh, uh, MVP performance from DJ Wagner setting the tone. Cats win by, uh, I'll call it 80 to 67. I think Kentucky loses a heartbreaker in the Elite Eight. Whatever will make like the offseason conversation the most complicated and difficult, that's what's going to happen this season. <laughs> like where it's not going to be just like a no-brainer, Cal's lost it, and it's not going to be a no-brainer, UK wins it all, we're back, baby. It's going to be somewhere like gray area just to make things as muddied up as possible because that's where we're at right now. That being said, UK wins tonight by 15 points. Antonio Reeves, the MVP, Uh, Everybody enjoy it. It's so good to be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. UL, I think they win, but we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Everybody enjoy the college basketball. We're back, baby.